You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday, November 1st edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Cannot believe we're already in November. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Nick. Busy show today. We've got a jobs number, of course, at 8.30. We've got earnings to discuss. And our guest today, Michelle Krebs, executive analyst at Cox Automotive. She will break down the winners and losers in the automotive space uh, from the the past few headlines we've gotten in the past quarter, so that'll be uh, at 8.35, and then at 8.45, or whenever our interview with Michelle ends, we'll be doing a hot potato segment with two of our listeners and our news desk's own Brent Slava. So that'll be after Michelle Krebs' spot, uh, the the end of the show there. So busy show, earnings, jobs number, Michelle Krebs, hot potato. Before I throw it to Joy, I want to remind everyone about the upcoming Benzinga Global Fintech Awards, November 19th in New York City. Categories include alternative data, investing, payments, and more. Plus, we'll be doing pre-market prep live from the venue, and Joel and Dennis will be doing some uh, extra educational stuff on the side. Uh, promo code PMPVIP. That'll get you 20% off your ticket. I'm going to drop the link in the chats right about now. And now, Joel, what is going on here overnight? <clears throat> Trading into green by two and a quarter handles. Uh, nice range. Pre-market high. Let's go with that. 44.75. Uh, I'm going to look at the old-time closing highs, our first resistance point. That's 47.75. On the downside, uh, we're still above the close here, 35.75. Well, let's keep an eye on that pre-market low here uh, below that Monday's low or Tuesdays and Thursdays low, right there at uh, 3020. That's your major support. Crude into green by 41 cents here at 5459. 
Gold down two dollars at fifteen twelve eighty. Silver back above eighteen, up five point eight cents at eighteen twelve and a half. And Bitcoin hanging out in the lower nine thousand handle, down sixty five dollars at nine thousand two hundred and forty. Uh, let's bring in Triple D. Did you eat too much Halloween candy? Uh, I think so, because as I slept in here, and I've been in a fast market ever since. So normally I'm up about six thirty. Didn't get up till after seven, a bazillion things to do running around. So if I look sweaty, it's because I've been running around all morning. Old time low, I think, for trick-or-treaters uh, at my oh, house. Oh, it was brutal. Um, I think I, we had 20 kids. 20? I had three groups, probably a total of five. I was almost like going to run out in the street and beg people to come and uh, get candy. You got to just start handing out like handfuls of candy, just a whole bunch. But um, actually, it was my wife handing it out because I took the kids around. And we were tough, so we had the little wagon. And they were both dressed up as sharks, so they just kind of swam to each house because it was pouring rain the whole time we were trick-or-treating. But they wanted to keep going. They said, more houses, more houses. So we got wet, but we got candy. So it was good. Were they uh, baby shark shark? Yeah, that's exactly what they were, baby sharks, both of them. Really? Both like, they even had the little uh, thing that played the sign. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Yeah. Spencer, we did it all. We did it up. One. You know that one, baby shark shark. I didn't know that until they played at the Michigan basketball game once. But uh, all right, let's go. Where do you want to start Start here? Uh, big day jobs. Let's number. go Pinterest from last night because this is your big th- – these new IPOs, I mean, this market has not cared about the bottom line. They've not cared about making money for a while, like until about two months ago. When we started to see this growth-to-value trade start to emerge – and all the new recent IPOs, um, people are saying it was WeWork. It was, you know, there's a lot of different companies there. But all the newer IPOs that obviously aren't making money have uh, basically been put out of favor. And now even if they report okay quarters, it seems like they're getting slammed. Give us the numbers on PINS, but the stock's getting slammed. I am, there we go. Uh, Q3 just EPS, uh, one cent versus a four cent loss estimate sales of 279 versus $280 million. So an EPS beat and a sales miss in the third quarter, monthly active users up 28% on a year over year basis. They also narrowed their full year uh, sales guidance by a smidge and it's coming in, I guess, I guess it's technically in line, but still it feels light. So you're looking, you cannot, if you are a growth company, you cannot miss on the top line. That's the bottom line. So <laughs> don't miss on the top line. That's the bottom line for the growth companies. Missing on the top line, they slammed it. It's down 21%. This thing was $36 two months ago. We're looking at it at 20 now. It's in a world of pain. I hate buying stocks when they're making new all-time lows, and that's what this is doing. You'll have people saying, oh, it's getting back to the IPO price, but nobody was able to buy that in the secondary market. The lowest prices is traded before that was 23.05. That was obviously on the first day of trading. And now you look here and the thing's under 20 bucks. Let us stop going down before being a hero. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, is there a story potential here? Yeah, it's still a story. This could turn around eventually, but it's still a valuation issue and it's significant. And let's so uh, uh, instead of trying to be a hero, call the bottom is going to wait a few days. See if it can start to form a double bottom, give you something to lean on. Like how we played Roku. Right on how we talked about playing Roku is the stop. And once you get two, three lows in the same area, it starts to show some life. Now you have something to lean on. 
if you're buying this, there's nothing to lean on on the lower side. I mean, you can look at the pre-market low, but really yeah. that's nothing. It's so it. what are your thoughts here? Are you, like, you concur or are you going against me? I just make a bet? never understood this site at all. What, it, what do you call it? What I call it? Pin interest? Pin yeah. interest. I love that. Yeah. I say that's my wife. It drives her nuts. Mispronounces it. Drives me insane. <laughs> it drives my wife insane too what? because I say it to my wife now. And she's on Pinterest a lot. And I go, hey, what's going on in Pin Interest? And she's like, it's not called that. I'm like, well, that's what Joel calls it. That's what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe they Pin should, Interest. Maybe they should add. I think it's great. I love that. Pin I think interest. they should explore blockchain, uh, maybe. Um, I don't know. I've been, I see Lisa. She's on the site. And she, you can pull up all these different things. And I just never really, I've never been on the site. I don't know how they make money. Uh, technicals are going to be easy here. Uh, pre-market low, 1948. Someone's trying to bring some stock in here. Uh, you know, probably short. I don't know if anybody's trying along. So it just kind of looks like you got a patient buyer, 1948, that's your pre-market low. So, and it's just hardly bounced at all. So I use that area, new all-time low. Uh, no interest in this one today. No interest in pen interest for uh, Joel. Yes. All right. Continuing oh. with last night's party before we get to the big ones from the sporting there, the, the stock that's bringing down a lot of other stocks is Arista Networks. This is a disaster here. A-N-E-T. If you're looking at Cisco, it's trading down because of it. You actually can look at a lot of other chips and obviously we've had uh, Seagate numbers too, but a lot of these network stocks here um, and Cisco direct peer is down on this, but this is down 27% A-N-E-T. Give us the details. Holy mackerel. Yeah, the uh, Q3 EPS beat and the Q3 sales beat. Uh, the Q4 sales guidance, though, was extremely light. They guided uh, sales for the fourth quarter a range of 540 to 560 million dollars. 686 million was the estimate, so they guided 100 million dollars below the sales estimate for the fourth quarter. And how many downgrades today? One, two, three, four. Don't get me bullish. Uh, uh, I get the eight. Uh, I, only see four. I only see four. Uh, okay. That day, what was the stock that had the eight downgrades? Uh, Grubhub. And Joel said this could be the low, and Joel was right. So they it opened right into the low that day, and you know what? We haven't made any low. And you know, Grubhub sets up not not like a good. It's thirty two eleven is the low, and I don't know if I'm coming. There's so much overhead supply, people stuck in that. But at least it stopped going down. I mean, if you're buying a stock like Grubhub now, at least you have an out. Your out is thirty two eleven. The thing starts making new lows, you got to go. Uh, in the case of ANET, while this is just continuing to make new lows, the after hours chart was ugly. I mean, you look at this thing and you got to go up to the weeklies, but that's not going to do you any good. You go all the way down to 191. We're at 177. So you got to go up to the monthlies. And then you have a huge run. So going back in like 2017, when this thing ran from $100 to $200 in about eight months, I mean, this is a tough one to call bottom into. Uh, well, you know what's real? Is there like an iceberg out there or something? Because. It's not going anywhere. Are they holding it up now? Yeah. I don't know. They're holding oh, it up. It looks like it's went a long ways down. to me, Joel. It's down 27%. No, 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 no. I just, someone just won't let this thing go up at all. Or just down. Just continuous sellers here. People it's want tough. out of Arista Networks. Yeah. And someone's making a little bid here. Uh, I would say 178. I know we're trading below it now. 77.92 was your November 2017 low. But if you be, want to be really cheap on this one, and Dennis, this is you, uh, 169.61 was your September 2017 low. So if you want to try and get it on the super cheap to me, no. 170 no. bid to cover short. 
cover short one step. I know Dennis people. I'm not going long when I see something down. And oh. obviously I've been, I, and, I've, and I've learned this the hard way. You know, I always say, don't do this. And then I did it in the Sarepta case and I did it with one other stock too. And I can't remember which one it was, but if you're looking here, a peer plays, you think Cisco and you think Juniper. Those are the two that I think. I actually have a pair of trade on going in Juniper Cisco right now. But um, were you able uh, to I'll hit anything on that? Were you, able, that? were you able to hit any of the pairs on that or not? Yeah, well, that's I put up. I, I put a Cisco Juniper uh, spread on. Oh, so okay, all right. After hours, we won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. Well, you can talk about it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk about my specific position. I'm not going to talk bullish or bearish. Just to have a pair trade on going Cisco Juniper because <laughs> those two stocks will probably move together with ANET. If we're looking at Cisco, it is down 1.9 percent in pre market. Juniper not down, but Juniper is offered down to twenty four sixty two, which would put down about one percent. So just looking at the you know what a direct disaster, man oh man oh man. That's a big disaster, A N E T. Um, so this morning we've had a number of stocks reporting here. Let's go Seagate first, and I don't know why the stock would not go down yesterday. I tried shorting the stock yesterday on the Western Digital News. Now WDC just kept falling. I mean that was just awful yesterday. Um, from if you were long, I didn't really. I had WDC and I actually sold it uh, in the pre-market at fifty-seven and a half. Thank goodness I did. I bought the dip at fifty-five and I thought fifty-five was going to hold, so I actually made two and a half bucks. Um, lucky I got out. It actually opened up right around where I sold it. it opened up right around that fifty-seven and a half area. Yep. Then it just kept going down. So I was short Seagate. I'm like, well, this should follow suit. Seagate's up here, and it just uh, it went down a bit, but and actually did. But then it rallied all the way back and went positive on the day. So, anyways. Here it reports, and it's disappointing. Shocking. Let, give us the numbers. Uh, I mean, the headlines are good here. Q1 adjusted EPS for Seagate, a buck oh three versus 99 cents. Sales 2.57 versus $2.56 billion. Uh, they're raising their dividend from 63 cents to 65 cents a share. And their Q2 uh, guidance was in line, the EPS and sales. If you discount the fact that they said it would be plus or minus 5%, the actual numbers are in line with estimates. It's down three and a half bucks here. I just think as a peer play, when you get Western Digital getting crushed like that, I used to always, I, maybe the, the industry's moved, but do you not remember, Joel, the WDC STX pair traders? Yeah, I do. I do. Like maybe Seagate has moved enough and it's not a direct peer anymore. I don't know. I don't know why it wouldn't go down yesterday when Western Digital's down that much, but I used to always pair these two stocks up. So it would have worked if you just played just from earnings and saying, okay, well, Western Digital reported Seagate's bound to disappoint too. Even though they didn't disappoint stock, you'd still make 6% if you held it through the earnings. I haven't got to do that. Like I said, I was trying to play it yesterday when I thought it would sell off more than it did. I did make a little bit of money. It sold off some yesterday morning, but I thought it was going to sell off a lot more. Uh, did I ever tell you when I got smoked on Instanet in Seagate when it was SEG? Did I ever tell that story? No. No. Uh, it was one of Is that back, oldie or this is yeah, that right? Yeah, back at old. Yeah, no, no. I wouldn't do this. At, uh, this is that oldie. When you were playing, when we, when you were a market maker, <laughs> I do, I do it with my own money. <laughs> this one was a market maker for Aldi. Do you remember when it used to be SEG? I believe that was the old symbol. You might. You know be what? I think it was S. I think it was SETX. Even when I started in '99. Okay. So SEG, uh, you're really dating yourself. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember SEG. So. Well, anyways, the stock was having a day like this. And I had nothing. It was opening up bad report. It was opening up down. And I had nothing but buyers, nothing but buyers. So it was going to open up down, whatever, a huge percentage. And I didn't want to be short right off the open. And I didn't want to, you know, put the stock out on the street or some of it. So I started buying in the pre-market. 
and I started buying on Instanet. And I had a pretty sizable position. And I think like I had the position at 40 and it was more than a few thousand shares. Thing opened up at like 37 and a half. It was just an instant loss because I, I don't know. It was like forty. I figured, ah, oh, you know, how much lower can it open? <laughs> you always you always get in trouble when you think, how much lower can it go? Exactly. That should be the. Whenever you put that thought in your head, you're in trouble. I know. I know. <laughs> That'll be page seven of our book. When you have the thought, how much lower can it go? Don't oh, buy my. it. <laughs> don't buy it. That'll be all the words on page seven. We got to write these down. Somebody's going to write this book on us. Is the problem. And then I think I still We're giving away all the short. content. I think I still ended up short because of, I still had so many buyers. So I was long. I got smoked on the long, and then I ended up short, and then it ended up rallying. And I'm me. And I'm like, if I just would have waited for the opening print, and you know, then it would have been a good thing. But anyways, that's a long, complicated story. So I don't don't trade a lot. It's difficult I'm as a market maker too, because you know you have an obligation sometimes. Like you're off exchange, but you're got orders coming in. You got to take the other side of them, correct, Joel? Not always. Sometimes Not always. though. Sometimes you can work it out, but sometimes you gotta, don't you? Yeah, yeah. If there's nothing sometimes. there. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes when uh, you know, when things uh, I can remember this one guy, Chris. He had uh. What, what was the stock? It was a retail stock and he had a 50,000 share sell stop go off and the stock closed at like 19 and it was a retailer and the stock thing opened up at 13 and like all of a sudden it's like you're long 50,000 shares because he didn't put any out on the street and like I think the whole desk ended up helping him get out of it. It ended up around what was uh I wish I could think of it, but yeah, you got, you got to be careful, especially on those opens, but, uh, the market makers, at least back in the day, the high frequency market makers got it easy because they obviously can just stop making markets whenever they want. We've talked about this stuff before. Obviously it's the designated market makers on the floor had affirmative obligations, you know, to come in and to be those yeah. buyers of last resort. I mean, that's why the market dynamics have changed so much. That's why we get these flash crashes, obviously, too, in, in some instances, where stocks will flash crash down because the market makers, you know, all of a sudden just say, no, I'm out, I'm not bidding, because they have no obligations. So the dynamics of the market have changed significantly. Back in the day, like during the financial crisis, you had a lot of specialist firms, and even back to 2000, 2001, they get specialist firms in trouble because they had to make a market. You know, it really sucks when you know the stock's going down, but you have to buy it because you have these obligations to do it. So, I mean, this was back actually during the tech bubble back in 2000, 2001, and we had a pile of market makers on the floor that actually blew out their accounts. I mean, and, and companies that actually went under because they had those obligations to make, you know, markets. So here, you know, the stock's going down. You can see the amount of sellers coming in and there's nothing you can do. You can bring it down a little bit to be the buyer, but you still have to give them a fair market and be the buyer. It gaps down on you, you buy, it gaps down you again. I guess you got to buy some more. Trying to work out. I mean, market making works very well. Markets going up and down and, you know, straight obviously, it, yeah, when you're getting a lot of chop, market makers are doing very well. When they just go straight down, 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 the market maker can't wiggle out. And they're getting caught long. Now, this is the difference. Now, the high-frequency traders will say, no, I'm out. I'm not you know, bidding. And you have no bids. And that's what we saw on May uh, 6, 2010, was it wasn't really you know, this huge amount of selling that made the whole market flash crash. It was the lack of buyers. There were simply no buyers. I mean, Accenture's, you know, the best bid, they pulled all their bids. The stock was $38, went down to 35 and then there's no bids. The best bid was one cent, not $1, one cent. That was a stub quote. And people were getting hit on that. 
because it stops going off. There's, you know, other traders that are just, you know, algorithms are just saying, I got to get out, give me the best bid. Well, the best bid's 35 points down, basically at zero. So it's crazy, you know, the di- how the dynamics have changed over the years. Uh, I don't know if we should go to this question. Someone asked about what kind of trading software you use in Canada, but that, that could be like- What kind t- of trading software do you use in Canada? That what like what kind of tra- trading softwares are you using? Oh, I'm sure I I don't I'm not I'm Canadian, but I'm trading the U.S. markets. So yeah. obviously I'm trading and I'm trading for a U.S. company. So I mean it's completely you know different. But I mean we have a lot of the same software. Interactive Brokers is in Canada. You can get TD Ameritrade. You can get all you know similar. So I would imagine a lot of your retail Canadian traders are using the same software that the U.S. retail traders are using. Hey, look, there's Charles. I didn't mute Charles. Give him some I, love on the show. Do you hear him in the background? Yeah, I, I, I heard some. I want to. That's Charles. Dennis, that was the mother of all segues right there, talking about flash crashes. Sure. Uh, was there a flash crash in Apple yesterday? I have not analyzed the tape. If you guys, I can do this really quick though on the fly. So what we got to do is, um, I see the, I see the stick yesterday. So you can see what time is that at? Do you have the t- a time quotes? I do from yesterday. Uh, it happened around. 10:30. Okay, let's go. So 10, right around 10:30. 10, 10:23. Can you show 10, this, Spencer? When 10, I got on my screen. 10, can you show it? Here, oh. I'm gonna go 10:20. I can analyze on the fly. I have not looked at this though. So we're gonna go yesterday's trade at 10:20, and I'll go to what 10:50 should cover it. Somewhere in there. You think it's 10:30? Uh, yeah. Sorry, do it. And then you gotta go look and you see. Okay, 10:23. I'm trying to see where. This trade it, it, did a, it didn't show up on my uh, on my. Um... Well, sometimes you just have an outside print, like a, you know where something got hit outside the market. It's called a trade through, and in some instances, it's just a couple of shares of trade, and then it messes up the whole quote, and everybody's like, "What happened?" And then it's right back there. In some other instances, it hits out all the liquidity, and the stock actually went down. I'm trying to find it. Like the stock was literally uh, was trading at two forty five, two forty six. I'm trying to grab the exact time here. Ten. I'm just trying to grab the time of that. 10. It's when it, it 1024 says Sal. Sal says 24. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go look at 1024 and see if I can find the on the tape. I'm just, yeah, I, I, that's Brenna body. I think this, I don't see a lot of trades here. So I think this is just a trade through. I'm trying to find the actual trade that made this happen though. 246, 246. I'm looking at the 220. Uh, and obviously I should analyze this before the show, but I'm just going through the 1024. Yeah, made a two seven two thirty seven twenty six low. What was the low? What was the price? Two thirty seven twenty six. Not seeing it. Hmm. It looks like it's a trade through though, because you, you when you see these things like and everybody's hit out all the bids, it's like you can see a whole bunch of trades. So now I'm looking for one specific trade. Now he says set ten twenty seven. I'm sorry. Okay, well that changes everything. So I'm looking at the ten twenty fours. Let's go look at ten twenty seven. There's a lot of trades in Apple. It's not like some little yeah. stock. <laughs> I'm looking through a thousand trades here. I'm looking on the tape, the consolidator. So what I'm doing right now is I'm looking through the time and quotes from yesterday. I'm trying to see what happened in the 1027 area. So a 1027. They must have busted that. Well, no, no, no. It is no, on the tape. It's still on the tape. So I've seen it on the tape too. So I'm not sure they wow. did. If they busted, it won't show up though. So if they busted, it's we're there. looking for nothing. You see I, it? I, I've got a, a graphic up from uh, Wind Falcom on on Twitter that shows what what Dennis is looking for. Gong Trader says it's ten twenty three, so everybody's telling me a different time. 
right. I will. I want to look at ten twenty three. Talk another stock. I, I, I'm looking at the. I background. said ten twenty three. That's what I said originally. Oh yeah, I'm looking at ten twenty three now. That's what my uh, thinkorswim says. Ten twenty three. It looks like it's just going to be one one trade because I don't see anything of a sweep nature here. Oh no, wait. Two twenty three eleven. I'm finding it. No, then two twenty three twelve. No, it's just still. Those are all still good trades. Those are like it went down a little bit, but. And uh, all right, that answers. This is the terrible analysis. That answers the question. Next time, do your homework before. Don't sleep, Ben. Do the homework before the show starts. We'll talk about but, it on Monday. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm right here in the ten twenty threes, but I don't see the trade there either. So I'm looking for it. If you guys can find me the specific time, but every minute. So on a specific minute of Apple, there's probably two hundred trades. So I'm I'm like trying to find Neil in a haystack right here by looking at the time and quotes. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to look through a 20-minute period, it could take me five or six minutes to find this. All right. Well, in the meantime, I'm yeah. going to bring us Do some back. earnings. I'm yeah. looking in the background. Uh, I'm going to bring us back to the earnings here. Let's do the big ones from this morning. ExxonMobil. I don't know how much it typically moves off earnings, but they beat this morning on the top and bottom line. EPS, 75 versus 67 cents. Sales, 65 billion versus 64.7 billion. So, like I said, a beat and a beat for ExxonMobil. Uh, Chevron also, or are they are they at eight thirty? Uh, they're usually at eight thirty, so not out yet. Uh, boom, 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 boom. we're up twenty three cents, sixty seven eighty. Pretty muted our reaction here to the report. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Sixty nine and a half looks like your major resistance, and then you have a low of the move. You tick down there twice at sixty six thirty one. Another low at that. I don't know. I'm going to go kind of wide on this one. It's been in the trading range. Need to bust out here above the 69 and a half area. Good support is 66, uh, 31. Not, nothing, nothing great to look there. Uh, Tim O says 10.23 in 37 seconds. There's a 2.37.26 print. What's the time again? 10.23. 10.23.37. Okay, that's perfect. So now I can go specifically to it. Ten twenty three thirty seven. There is a what's the price? Thirty set two thirty seven twenty six. That was the low, so there might have been some. Uh, they busted it. <laughs> they had to bust it. It's not on the tape now, because this is the C. I'm looking through the consolidated tape now, and they'll take it off the tape if it was no good. So you're still seeing on your charts because the trade probably actually did occur. I would assume that they actually busted it. Okay. So it means the, the person who bought this down there actually would lose their buy and the person who sold it would be canceled. Because if that is the time, if 10.23.37 is the time, there is no trade at that price anymore. So that's why I can't find it because they probably knocked it off the tape. 2.42.37, you see that price? No. Okay. Don't see that one either. You see that one too? If, it's, if the time is 10, 23, 37, I can tell you there was one, two, three, about 10 trades that occurred in that time, and none of them are that price. They're all in the 246. Right. It's all, so I, I don't see it there. So they probably busted. They do. They, they bust trades. I mean, if it's just outside and the buyer calls and says, what the hell? I mean, they will go down like, yeah, that was outside the market, and we'll come in and adjust your price. So, you know, and, and this happens. I mean, in a fragmented market world where you have 12 or 13 different exchanges, I think it was 12 now. Um, you, you're going to have outside prints that occur. They're called trade-throughs, and they happen every once in a while. The top of the book, so any broker that routes an order has to route to the top of the book because it's protected. Once you get through the top of the book, 
then any broker can, or the, 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 the routing changes and the exchanges can take it back to their own exchange without actually going to the best possible price, believe it or not. Only the top of the book is protected. And that's why you see these trade throughs occur. If it's done by, you often see them at two, three cents. You don't usually see them by $9 through it or $10 through it. Um, if it's $10 through it, usually the person who's on the other side is going to complain. I got 237. What the hell? The stock's 246. They'll call, they'll rule on it, and they'll usually bust it. And that's what's happened here. All right, let's do, uh, let's do Baba. Yeah, the other big one from this morning, aside from Exxon and Chevron here, Alibaba, Q2 EPS, a buck 83 versus buck 50, sales of 16.65 versus $16.46 billion. So a beat and a beat for Alibaba this morning. Down $2.5. I still have it in my long-term portfolio. I'm still a believer in the company long-term. I think the valuation isn't bad either. Um, pull it back. I mean, you got support at 170. What have we done pre-market? Uh, oh, this is wild. This is one up to 182 and it's coming all the yeah, way back down now. Wow. So it's leaking now. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, 174.33 spiked up to 182. I think this is an important area right now to hold. Uh, your two-day low comes in at 173.94. Call it 174. You're still above it. I just don't like it under 174. You have that one big candle there. That took you from, uh, you know, set one, the next daily support level after 174 is 178.88. So I just, I just don't like that candle when you had. I don't think there's a lot of room in there. So if you're trying this one, uh, keep an eye on 174 trap door. 174 leads you to 170. We have a jobs number here. Yeah, I know. I was about to say, Dan. All right, I got to cancel my orders because we're so behind today. What no, is we're not on? behind. It's 829. Okay, he, he has uh, a he has a minute. Do you have a preview real quick? Yeah, we're looking two numbers. We're looking for. We're looking for 75,000 uh, jobs uh, last uh, month and unemployment 3.6 percent. Those are the numbers we're looking for. Non right. farm payrolls 75,000. Unemployment rate, 3.6%. All right. Spoo's up four, 39.75, heading into the number here. I think it could be a yawner, but we'll see. Pre-market, it'll be, uh, it'll be a you're snoozer. calling a yawner? It'll be a snoozer. Uh, yeah. 44.75, that's your pre-market high. We'll keep an eye on that. All-time closing high, just above that at 47.75. If we lose that pre-market low, I don't know where we're going here because yesterday's low was uh, – Way back down at uh, 30, 20 and a quarter. Uh, just hanging steady here. We'll keep an eye on your bonds. Bonds are trading up 8.30 seconds. They see something they like. Oh, it's a beat. Whoa, 128,000. Uh, wait, wait, what is that? Hold on a second. Unemployment 3.6%. That's, that's where we're at. Payroll employment rises by 128,000 in October. That's the headline uh, from uh, the, the BLS. So, wow. That is a – the economy added 128,000 jobs last month. Wow, that is a uh, big beat. That's a big beat. Oh, so we're not going into the recession, so we don't need to lower interest rates? Wow, 128,000. Oh, no, we got to worry about inflation now. we got a hot economy. We're going to have 5% GDP now. 128,000 again versus 75,000. All those interest rate high, uh, were unnecessary. As you can see, the economy is doing fine. Why did they do that? No bullets in the chamber if we do finally ever slow down. S&Ps are ripping here. Uh, the Fed should not have kowtowed in on this one. Up 10 and a half handles, 47.75. That's your all-time closing high. That stands as your current high. 
Uh, let's see. Gold does take a lick in on this. Now it's in the red. Silver going from green to red. Bitcoin not really moving here, but uh, nice pop across the board. Uh, we are going to take out this wow. 47.75. They love this market here. They just love uh, this market. Yeah, We've been talking this market for a long time now. This market's been breaking out, and we're in full breakout mode here. Yeah, it did. Uh, Every dip gets bought. I mean, we get a dip yesterday. We get it, you know, yesterday. Look at the, yesterday's great example. I mean, we have rumors that there's not going to be a very good deal here with China. That was the rumors that were flying around yesterday during the day. And after the open, they sold it off. You know, like we sold off, what did we sell? 20 handles. We get it almost all back by the end of the day. Now we're up. I mean, this market is very, very, very tough to be bearish in. Oh, and uh, do you see the buyers and the close yesterday too? Like at uh, the last few minutes of the day, no one wanted to be short. Uh, going into this number here, 48.50, that's your, uh, your current high. Uh, let's just look, that all-time all after-hours high was 30.55, so I'll use that as a target. That's after the uh, good Apple numbers came out on Tuesday, and um, we'll see. Good. Look at this buyer and spy. Holy, 100,000 shares, 204.51. You don't see that very often. That's Bit. real. Now it went to 100,000. It's, it's, it's getting done. They want it done that bad. They just crossed the whole market, 204.60. They, they, well, they, they went a, out. The Arabs hit them because they, he went above where S&P futures were trading. So oh, on the equivalent, yeah, huh? they hit it Three, immediately. 304, you mean? 304.60. Yeah, they just went 304.60 bid. So. It was actually 59 offer on other exchanges. They went to 304.60 bid. It went out in like a second and a half because the Arabs will all hit that 304.60 bid and buy the S&P futures against it. All right. Well, so, that could be that could be the, that could be the top 304.60. The 100,000 wanted to buy. Wow. You don't see that on SPY very often, 100,000 coming in. No. Somebody was really excited. Yep. Uh, 48.75. Uh, your How much money is that? 100,000 times 300. That's a lot. Of, 300 million? No, thir so 30 million? We're doing the zeros wrong? Uh, well, 100,000 is probably 30 million, I think. Yes. Am I right with uh, that? 1,000 would be 30,000, right? So 10. No, 1,300,000. No, 1, so it. 3 million. Yeah, it's. A hundred thousand, so it's thirty million, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Bonds big, are taking. That's a big buyer. Bonds are taking. Too many Dude, zeros there. Were you uh, were you able to do anything in that, or was it too quick? Not really. You, you know what? It's so fast now. I used to trade these numbers, and they used to give you an opportunity. I mean, the high frequency traders have this master too. It's so hard to make you know like often inefficiencies. Oh, I'm going to lift this offer, or lift you know, or hit this bid, depending on obviously which the news are good or bad. It, it's tough. It's tough to you know to make money trading any arbitrage there now. I mean, unless you're quick enough. In the case of three hundred four sixty, somebody made some money on the ARP there, but that's all high frequency traders. Yeah, you did get picked up, man. And you get you can't be out there. That's the main thing. As I cancel my orders, because as a human being, you cannot be out there making a market when you're going to have a jobs number because those are the people that get picked off, and they get picked off within milliseconds. This thing, blink of an eye, you're picked let's, off. Let's do uh, let's do Twitter. Uh, before um, before we have our, our guest. And uh, I don't know, went up on bad news yesterday. You see that? They washed it out, made a new low for the move, came back up, closed above. Yeah, 30. that's a good candle. Yeah, it's a very good candle. Yep, yeah, I like that. That's a washout low down to 28.84. So if you want to buy it now, you have a price to lean on the low yesterday's because it was close strong. 
That's yep. what I like about it. I mean, the trend is still ugly. The thing is still down. But I, I don't mind that candle. So if I was buying it, I would lean out on that low 2084. Like we said, you can put any trade on as long as you know where you're out is. Don't get, make a trade become an investment. Okay. All right. Let's uh, move on as the S&Ps are making uh, new highs as we speak. All right. We're doing Exxon Mobil while during all this uh, uh, jobs. We did, right. Yeah. We got Chevron. No, not yet. But we'll, we'll get that after our game. We didn't get Chevron? It, they're at 830. We're a little busy. 835. Well, we were doing the jobs number, a little busy. Uh, but I want to take a quick break oh. right now and grab our guest, uh, Michelle Krebs, executive analyst at Automotive. Chevron missed, just quickly. Chevron missed, there we go. All right, we'll be right back in a moment with Michelle Krebs. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-market prep, Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, Dennis Dick. Joined now by Michelle Krebs, as I mentioned, executive analyst at Cox Automotive. Uh, Michelle, uh, good morning, and how has the market been uh, treating you of late? Uh, good morning. Um, yeah, it's been certainly an interesting time. Um, you know, the we today is uh, sales day for new vehicle sales. Right. Of course, it's not what it used to be because it used to be that we every company reported on the same day uh, every month, and that's not happened. Uh, some have switched to quarterly, and I expect next year they'll all go quarterly. All right. So tell us what, what we need to know first off about this Fiat Chrysler merger. Um, well, first of all, we know that Fiat Chrysler has for years uh, been looking for a merger. Uh, Sergio Marchionne, who passed away in the summer of 2018, has been talking about, talked about it for a decade probably, um, that, that there are just too many automakers. They need to consolidate uh, to get economies of scale. So um, this isn't new for Fiat Chrysler. They have talked to PSA before, uh, and then they turned their attention to Renault last May-June timeframe, and that deal collapsed, and so now they are back with PSA. Um, the idea is that they're pooling their resources, uh, leveraging economies of scale, and particularly pooling resources on um, very expensive advanced technologies that have to be developed uh, that just individual companies struggle to do. So, um, and they also have complementary products. You know, for uh, FCA is strong in uh, uh, trucks and sport utility vehicles. Peugeot more in cars, and um, they're complementary in terms of geographic regions. Now, that being said, these are always difficult to make work. All right, let's move on to some of the other names here. And, and GM, obviously, in the headlines for uh, maybe the wrong reasons. Uh, but the strike seems like they're past it now. Ford avoiding it. Uh, how will that strike? I mean, we know how it will impact the bottom line. They've already said so. But how do you see it sort of, uh, you know, going forward here? Well, right now, uh, all hands are on deck to uh, make up for production losses that from the uh, strike, uh, especially in the truck and sport utility vehicle area, and uh, replacement part for parts for dealers. That was a huge issue. Dealers were turning away service customers because they didn't have parts. So that's the short term. Uh, longer term, this the contract allows GM to uh, close the plants that it had proposed to, um, and a little more. They'll have some flexibility and. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be offering retirement packages and then, you know, temp workers. They didn't have to cut back the number of temp workers. There is a path for temp workers to become full-time employees. Um, you know, each side got a bit of what it 
wanted uh, and not everything it wanted. And so we're, we're waiting on auto sales. We get them mm -hmm. uh, later in the day. What are you expecting here? I think we're expecting a, a seasonally adjusted rate in the high 16s. Um, for the year, we're forecasting 16.8 million. Last year, they were 17.2, and the record year, of course, was 2016 at 17.5. We think we might be a little low uh, because some things have happened that we didn't anticipate. Fleet sales have been extremely strong because um, – in 2017, the Tax Reform uh, Act uh, allowed for uh, accelerated depreciation for businesses, and so we are seeing rental car companies, commercial companies, car and ride sharing services really buy up uh, new vehicles or replace their old ones. So that has really kept uh, auto sales uh, up. On the other hand, retail demand has been softening, and in fact, um, we are seeing um, uh, a lot of incentives, pretty rich incentives, um, to move the metal to retail customers. What about on an individual basis for, for GM or Ford, or, or uh, what are you expecting there? Um, I, I don't have all the numbers right in front of me. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have. I didn't have a breakdown uh, by, and we don't know because the GM doesn't report right. its uh, right. monthly sales. So. Right. Okay. Uh, Got to ask you about Tesla then. I mean, of course. What, what's going on there? <laughs> well, Tesla turned a profit. Um, you know, he had to dig in the numbers. Some of it's uh, uh, for selling credits. Um, but you know, Tesla is doing some amazing things. There's nobody that does, has brand strength the way that uh, Tesla does. We do a study called the Kelly Blue Book Brand Watch, where we measure, we survey on, uh, consumers about perceptions on brands and uh, look at shopping on our sites. Uh, and Tesla just is soars. It uh, is tops in seven of the 12 factors that people consider important in buying a luxury car. Uh, shopping consideration is really high. Clearly, a lot of those people are window shoppers because uh, Tesla's third quarter sales were down over 20%. A lot of that production was sent to overseas markets. And, you know, they just built a plant in China in record time. So um, they're uh, – they're, they're, uh, no longer a niche player, as the head of Volkswagen said. They are a true player. So the overall, the report, uh, I mean, with sales being down 21%, but they still sneaked out a profit. I mean... In the U.S. Those are sales in the U.S. They had record deliveries globally. Um, so, they, uh, you know, they were, they sent, uh, you know, they're very strong in the Netherlands and Norway and uh, increasingly in China. Um, so, uh, I, you know, they have limited production capacity. So much of that was sent overseas. Have you heard anything about, you know, Tesla service and repair? I mean, as far, I mean, they're, they're great vehicles and stuff. Is it, have you heard anything as far as, you know, uh, excess wear and tear or uh, people having problems with uh, maintenance and repair? Well, we have a, hear a lot of anecdotes, but, you know, Tesla does not have a dealership network in the way that other manufacturers do. Um, and and, and one of your competitors just done, did a uh, – is in the midst of uh, releasing a very extensive consumer survey on their experience with uh, Tesla vehicles. So not always not, – uh, not all of it is uh, bright. And uh, coming out uh, supposedly with a truck here in November, do you think they'd be better off just trying to, uh, you know, ramp up production and what they have as opposed to 
branching off into trucks. I mean, we all know people love their F-150s and their Silverados. Uh, do they have a chance here in the truck market? Well, I think there are a number of players going into the electric truck market. You've got uh, Tesla. They're going to un supposedly unveil theirs in November. Uh, Rivian's already out there taking orders. Um, GM and Ford are planning electric trucks. Uh, I, my big question is how big is that market? Um, nobody knows. Nobody's tested it. Um, so, you know, um, We'll see. Uh, but, you know, Tesla's, if it's going to be a, a real manufacturer, it's got to constantly um, introduce new products. The Model Y supposedly is coming in the next year or so. Uh, that's a, a, a crossover based on the Model 3. Uh, and, they, and they've already said they're not going to freshen some of the older products. So if you're not freshening your older products, you've got to be introducing new products all the time. Uh, just to talk real quickly here about Ford, uh, they came strong guidance, but uh, the full year will be lower due to warranty costs. Correct. Yeah, higher than expected incentives. I mean, has it just kind of been the same mantra for Ford for for like forever? You know, with the recalls and uh, things, make some uh, make some comments on what. Well, what um, you know, Ford had a, a, a strong quarter, um, but they did uh, give guidance that the full year will be uh, down. Uh, and to your point about uh, warranty costs, they've had some big recalls. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they're surprised. Incentives are high. Uh, there's been a big battle in the truck market uh, for um, sales and market share. Uh, very intense competition. Ram 1500 is a, a serious competitor and has been offering a lot of incentives. So, and Chevy, Chevy Silverado as well. Um, and then also Ford has had a very rough launch with its uh, Ford Explorer. It's built at a Chicago plant. It's a big profit, high volume vehicle. Um, and uh, they've had a lot of issues with the product, with the plant. Um, and I'm not sure they claim they're getting it under control, but we'll see that. So that was a big setback. All right, Michelle Krebs is the executive analyst at Cox Automotive. Michelle, as always, thanks for the time. Thank you. All right, uh, 8.45 here. Before we go to our hot potato segment, is there going to be news on Fitbit here? I think there is. Fitbit is halted. That can only mean one thing. Benzing is buying them. <laughs> yeah, I brought my uh, checkbook here. Well, no, we'll see. Uh, I just want to – we'll see. Google has been rumored. Let's see if it yeah. actually takes off, if it's uh, what the price is, a takeout, a take under, a takeover. We'll see here with uh, with Fitbit. I just will say I don't know who stepped in here at 174 in the Alibaba, uh, but we just rallied four points. Uh, we were looking at that 174, made a low. I don't know if you saw any news there, Dennis, but nice four points pop there in Alibaba, maybe off the jobs number? Mm, probably not. It's just trading off conference call potentially. That won't trade off the jobs number that much. So maybe conference okay. calls going on. I'm not following sure. it or somebody said something. Um, what I will say uh, is I did find that Apple flash crash. So, and it's not <laughs> a flash crash. So go to my Twitter feed and you can show this picture. I just tweeted a picture of it. Okay. Grab it and show it. You can see it on the screen if you want. Only Triple D can do this. It was a 100 shares, a 10, 23, 11. This is not a flash crash. Everybody that's calling it a flash crash, it's not a flash crash. A flash crash is when the stock takes out all the liquidity or you have significant trades going through. This is a trade through. So it happened on the BATS Y exchange, which is their inverted exchange. And um, the liquidity on that exchange can be low. So somebody may have routed an order. It probably satisfied the top of the book. And then um, obviously, wrote it back to bats wide you can see it right there you see just the little 100 shares 
So that's what, you know, it's a little hundred shares throughout the whole tape for everybody. I'm not sure if you bought that shares, I would call the exchange and say, look, I want it busted. Probably too late now, but if you ever buy something or sell something, sold it, sold no, it. sorry, if you ever sell something that's 10 points below the market, call your broker and say, look, you know, I want an adjustment on that price because obviously it wasn't fair. So this person losing $900 on this because the stock was trading 246 and they got 237. So that's just a trade through. These things do occur in a fragmented market. We see them every day. We just usually just don't see them nine points down. You, you said an inverted exchange. That so you have 12 different exchanges and inverted exchanges that make take. And I'm not going to get all market structure here sure. within the next two minutes, but there's maker taker and there's taker maker. So why is a, a, it's an exchange where they can actually, you know, and, and it's, it's, so there's different exchanges. Some will have an invert structure where they actually pay you to take liquidity or, and some, and, and BATS has adjusted why it's recently here too. So they used to pay a significant rebate on it to take liquidity. And I think it's a lot lower than now if they didn't even go flat. Some of these are all going flat too. And then we have the maker taker um, pilot that's going to happen here, the access fee pilot. They call access fees maker taker, same thing. That they're going to try to, you know, see, you know, how that affects and how that affects brokers routing. But the idea is on an inverted exchange is that a retail broker would be more inclined to write to route a marketable order to an inverted exchange because they get paid to take the liquidity. I know this is all probably going over most people's heads, but this is the way the market structure works on the inside. It's all about rebates. It's all about where you're getting paid. If I sit a bit out there, I get paid to have that bid sitting out there, except on YBATS, I actually would pay to do that. So all confusing. All right. Uh, on that note, whoop, let's start it. Let's start from the beginning here. Hot potato, hot potato. All right. Hot potato, hot potato. Gonna bring on some guests Are you now. Are the dancers? No, no, no. Potato, potato. Bring on some guests. Here we go. Cold spaghetti, cold spaghetti. All right, we're not playing cold spaghetti anymore. <laughs> you like cold spaghetti? All right. Uh, I've I've got a few people now that I'm bringing on a uh, few guests, three guests to be specific. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa. Uh, busy, busy show here. So we are joined by uh, uh, our own Brent Flava, first of all. Um, Brentster, uh, the man behind the camera. We are we are joined by. Actually, Brent, can you mute your computer here? So we're not. Uh, I'm muted. You're muted. Okay. I can't hear myself. Okay. Uh, we are. Oh, you're muted uh, on the soundboard. That's why. There let's, you go. Let's try that. Okay. Uh, we are joined now by uh, Robin Seckel. Robin, good morning. Good morning. And we are joined by our favorite number one, uh, Yvonne. Good morning, Yvonne. How are you? Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't see you though. I know it. Okay. okay. All right. Look at this Brentster. Look how much many places he can cheat though. There's so many computers. Oh, there. That? there we go. There we go. <laughs> Good morning, There's everybody. There's so much going on in the bed. This is a look at the Benzinga news desk there too. There's Yvonne. We got everybody. Look, have we ever had this many guests before? No, we have not. Okay. We have five. We have three guests, five videos going right now. Yep. All right. Like so, CNN. Let's, um, let, let's get to this. So he, here's how this is going to work. Uh, we'll ask a few questions. They're going to be like, it's going to be family feud style. So we've got like four or five questions here, and they all have a lot of correct answers. It's going to be Team Brent against uh, Team uh, Yvonne slash Robin. That, that's how it's going to go. So we'll go. And we'll go back and forth. So, for example, naming companies in Michigan. You go back and forth. That's not an actual question, but if it were. Uh, back and forth, Brent, then... Yvonne Robin, Brent, Yvonne Robin, Brent, Yvonne Robin, until 
we, uh, one of you gets a wrong answer. So I'm going to start here with the first question and we'll throw it to, to you, Brent. Uh, there have been sure. six, 16 companies, aka unicorns, that have IPO'd this year. Unicorn, oh a, a unicorn is a uh, private company uh, valued at a billion dollars. There have been 16. So these are like the biggest IPOs of the year. There have been 16 of these companies that have IPO'd Ooh. in 2019. Brent. I'm nervous. Can you, don't be nervous, Brent. Can you name one? Pinterest? Pinterest. Okay. Yvonne Ooh. and or Robin, can you name a unicorn to IPO in 2019? Etsy? No, I'm sorry. Ooh. Oh, no. Uh, we would have accepted Uber or Lyft, Lyft. or Peloton, Peloton, Ooh, Peloton. or, uh, okay, moving on to our next question here. This one is, uh, let's go to this one, actually. So we compiled a list. This is based on uh, market cap, the 20 largest public companies in the world. Uh, Yvonne and or Robin, we'll start with you. Can you name one, just one, of the 20 largest companies in the world by market cap? I'm going to say Microsoft. That is number one, as a matter of fact. She gets bonus points. All right. Uh, Brent, um, I'll make this harder for you, Brent. Can, what? Can you go number two? You if, always if, give her the easy one. If Microsoft is number one, can you go number two? Well, I wanted to play the theme of only giving you answers which had news today. So I was going to say ExxonMobil, but if you want to put me on the number two, I'm just going to guess it's Apple. Well, the guy's good. The guy is good. All right. Team Yvonne slash Robin, can you name I just want to say Brent Sturr is you put him up against the herd. He, this guy knows his stuff. Well, <laughs> this listen, is, listen, listen, uh, listen. Nobody could beat Brent. So if you guys would, beat oh, Brent. I wouldn't it. have done it. If uh, we got some responses from more people, and I did, <laughs> we got lots of responses. And I got a couple. I, I, I got Brent's a couple. Tough. I got a couple responses, and then when I responded to them, and they didn't if respond. If it was Yvonne and Robin versus Joel, Yvonne and Robin would win all day. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I doubt it. I had people. I, I, I had I had some responses, and when I emailed them, and they didn't respond back. You know, I didn't have no way to get the guy back. I just had to intervene there. Sorry to interrupt. So, okay, it's okay, Dennis. Thanks, Dennis. Um, all right, uh, Team Robin slash Yvonne, can you name another one of the top 20? We've got Microsoft, we've got Apple. I'd say Google. I would say Google. That is, well, yep, they're on the same page, and that is number four on the list. Brent, keep us going here. What could be, are you, do you look at, are you looking for number three? I'm looking for number three, yeah. Oh, Brent has to do the individual Oh, ones? Brent's going in order. Oh, I know it, I know it. Is it Amazon? Brent, you're good. Brent knows his stuff. All right, keep it, keep us going here. Team Yvonne and Robin. I'd say Netflix. That is not on the list. I'm sorry. Uh, Brent, let's see how far down the list you can go. Oh, <laughs> so we've gotten the top four. Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google. Can you keep us going? Wow, number five. What could be number five? You've got a really good camera angle, by the way. Got to say. Um, number five, man, I don't know what it could be. Tech company. Tech company. Um, Tech. oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> alphabet. No, we already we said, that. said that. We already said oh, that. What did, what do you got for us, Yvonne? NVIDIA. No, oh. Facebook is number five. Oh, Facebook. Is number five. oh Facebook. I hate Facebook. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was going to go Facebook instead of Netflix. 
All right. You don't uh, like political uh, ads, do you? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yvonne uh, doesn't like political ads. That's why she hates Facebook. Neither does Twitter, apparently. All right. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's go to this one now. We've, we compiled a list of the 10. Um, this, this, this is a little bit, little bit tough, but it's, it's the 10 best performing large cap U.S. stocks of the year, right? Uh, so that includes some kind of obscure names, but there are a couple of big names that we talk about a lot on this show. These, these are the best performing oh. large cap stocks of the year. Uh, Brent, can you name one of the top 10? One sec. Um, He's posting news. Is the Fitbit? It's not out. Okay. Not yet. I don't think right. so. Okay. Um, so I think this is an easy one, but I'm going to go Roku. Roku is on the list. It's actually the number one best performing large cap stock of the year. There's another one that we talk about a lot on this show. Uh, Rob and Yvonne, can you name it or any of the top 10? I'd say Beyond Meat. You guys talk a lot about Beyond oh, Meat. Oh, that's a really, really great guess that I would have guessed myself, actually. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think it's technically a large cap, but I, I almost want to give it to her because <laughs> because it is it is one of the best performing stocks of the year. Still? It's up 46% year to date. Oh, maybe it's not anymore. It was. Okay. Maybe it's not anymore. I guess from the IPO. Uh, Snapchat is the other big one that we talk about a lot on this show, but then you've got some obscure names. Some names that we discussed, like Lamb Research, Ring Central. Um, let's go to some of the, the the worst performers of the year. Okay. Um, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's not good. All right, uh, <laughs> Yvonne. I I hope you don't know my experience, Yvonne and Robin. <laughs> can you name one of the ten worst performing stocks of the year? These are large cap U.S. stocks. What is it? Well, I was going to say GE. Oh man, that you know what that is among the leaders. It is always a good guess. It's a great. It's a great guess. It's actually not in the top ten. It's um, always a good guess, though. When you're thinking of dogs. Yeah, like the worst. Well, yeah. The, the, the dogs, the real dogs. The problem is this year started, and you know we rallied so far, and some stocks were really in the gutter when it started. So right, right. Go back a couple years in this. This one's. Sure. I, I'll admit this one's a little bit tough if you, if you're not looking at this sort of thing. Um. And I know Brent's not looking at, like, he doesn't typically look at year-to-date performances. So I'm, I'm not sure he knows. Um, I was looking at this stock recently because a friend was very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Unfortunately. Uh, Nokia. Uh, that's not in – oh, no. Okay. That's right. Am I the friend? Oh. That's right. <laughs> Am I the friend? That's technically right. I was asking about U.S. stocks, oh, but, but, but that is right. That is um, among the worst. I think it's in the top five. But it's I got another US. one. Keep us going. What do you got? NIO. <laughs> yes, that is, that is definitely one that's of the gotta worst. That's got to be in there. Gotta, I got to give her NIO. That's got to yeah. be in there. Um, so, yes, those are both right, but I'm looking for a large cap. U.S. Okay. stocks, so okay. big companies in the U.S. I know. I, I, my, the other thing I was, the other one I was gonna say was gonna be Baidu, but you got me on the U.S. No, one. Got to be U.S. Um, Baidu is also on there. Okay, so it's got to be some, something. Worst. Something in communications or something. Uh, oh, Fox. No, Brent. I'm sorry. You. <laughs> what? How big do you have to be? What's the market you have, cap? Well, you put shame upon the entire news desk, Brent. What's uh, the? These are tough. These are tough questions, Spencer. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, trying to come up with like broad categories that we can go back and forth with was not as easy as it sounds. Twenty um, Fox down twenty four percent year to date is not in the top ten of the worst performing large cap U.S. stocks. 
according to my what's a large cap how are you defining a large cap uh how big what market cap definition it's like it's like three it's like uh 10 10 billion or no 10 billion? that's market that's that's uh that's a mid cap. Those media uh, companies are good. Hundred billion, uh, so hundred billion. Hundred billion I thing is, is large cap. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, hundred billion. Uh, Ro- um, Robin or Yvonne? Oh, we'll, do, we'll do one more. Robin or Yvonne? Can you can you just name one? I'm looking for one here. One of the worst performings of, of the year. Food company. Yeah, food company. Oh, oh. I know. Ooh, I know. Is it Heinz? Is it Heinz? Yeah. You're goddamn right it is. All right. Whoa, whoa. Awesome. <laughs> we were a little slow on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Knock the cuss out. Wait, wait, Brent. Brent with even the after yesterday, news. Kraft Heinz had a good day. Wait, wait, Brent with the break news. Fitbit. Seven thirty-five per share in cash. Seven thirty-five. Fitbit is going off the board, folks. At seven. Rumors were true. The rumors were true to be acquired by Google. That sound you hear, by the way. Why is Google buying Fitbit? I own shares of Google. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that's something to hear. If you want to hear what it sounds like to post a headline on Benzinger Pro, that, that sound of it was Brent furiously typing a headline. So, uh, Brent, thank you so much. Uh, it's actually for, pretty impressive that Brent can still type those headlines and amazing. actually do this hot potato game at the same time. Yeah. All right. This guy's uh, a multitask master. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Brent, I want to let you Hi, go. Brent. And Robin or Yvonne, I just want to keep you on for an nice X. Do you do Robin versus Yvonne? No, we're not gonna, uh, we're we not don't gonna, want to start. Come on, Dennis. I would lose to Robin and Yvonne, so I'm too scared to go against them. <laughs> well, uh, we we found a few people in the chat who talk a big game, but yeah. uh, but but didn't want to. Uh, that's okay though. That's okay. Uh, Robin or Yvonne, I, I guess while we have you both, and we're kind of wrapping up here, can you guys tell us about one recent successful trade you've made? Yeah. I'll start because mine is much smaller than my mom's. I did a Facebook put yesterday with options and it was a small win, but it was still a win. So profit is profit. That's right. Green is green. What now, what were you looking at? Were you you keying off any pre-market levels? Was it just, uh, just tell us your setup in it. I was looking at what we call the 15 orbs and I was looking at the overall market and where the levels were pivot points. I also do Jeremy Newsom's style of looking at the candles and volume. So I, I try to do moving averages, but I didn't have moving averages up yesterday. I just saw the momentum of Facebook going down and just decided to take a real quick scalp of, my scalp was seven minutes. So <clears throat> just a real quick down, down play. Nice. And Yvonne, tell us about a, a recent trade you've made that worked out. Um, I traded, um... I'm in Roku right now. It better get its little hiney moving up the chart here. But uh, uh, Amazon, um, $544 in about seven minutes. And another Amazon play, same day. I must have played calls and puts. I have a little journal here that I keep all my running tabs in. And uh, $314 in about five minutes. Um, I also trade Delta. And uh, that's a new one for me. CMG is always a good one, and that's about $100 each time I scalp it. So um, NVIDIA, Roku, Amazon, Delta, and CMG are my favorites right now. All right. I, I would like to thank Yvonne Shore uh, and Robin Steckel for joining us on Pre-Market Prep. Thank you both that's fun. so much. And have right. a, uh, I, I hope we didn't... Uh, scar you too bad or anything uh but i i i, I, well, I was great 
That was I, hope, I hope you had fun. And you guys went up against the best, though, in Brentster. So it's yeah. tough to beat yeah. that guy. Yeah. I couldn't beat him either. I've been in the market 20 years. I couldn't beat him. Well, yeah. All right. Yvonne and Robin, have a, uh, have a great rest of your day, both of you. Thank you. You guys, too. We love you. All right. Uh, Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, great job. On that note. Uh, but before that note, I yeah. want to comment on this Google um, yeah. Fitbit. Because this was breaking news, obviously, when we were doing hot potato. And is, it still, is it still halted? It's still halted. It's still halted. It hasn't come out of the halt. 735 is cash, so it's done, Fitbit. But, you know, Google's trading up on this. It's very interesting. You know what? This makes sense. This actually makes sense to me. Um, as a Google shareholder, I'm going to say, here is what, you know, Google says. I'm reading from the press release and Benzinga Pro. Fitbit, this is from Google. Fitbit has been a true pioneer in the industry and has created terrific products, experiences, and a vibrant community of users, said uh, Rick, I don't know how you say his name, Osterlo who's the Senior Vice President of Devices and Services at Google. We're looking forward to working with the incredible talent at Fitbit and bringing together the best hardware, software, and AI to build wearables to help even more people around the world. They are going to go at Apple hard on the wearables. You know what? I, I, I'm going to take the other side of this. I think they did this because they're way behind Apple in this. Yeah, Wait, oh, yeah, oh, they yeah, are. Yeah, of course wearables. they are. And I don't of course, that's why they did this. Up, They're way I, behind I, Apple on the wearables, but this is going to propel them because think about how, you know, Fitbit doesn't have any money. I mean, now you put money behind, you know, the Fitbit watches and stuff. They'll, you know, they've got some technology in there. They're, they're going to go hard at Apple on this. This is a direct attack on Apple. So for the, from the wearables perspective, obviously wearables is still a very small portion of Apple's revenue as well, but it's one of the growth areas. So Google's going right after the growth area too. And I mean, 2.1 billion is a drop in the bucket for, for Google. You know, what's the market cap of Google? You know, billion or a trillion dollars almost? Is it almost a trillion yeah. if it isn't a trillion? It, it's close. And the market cap for Fitbit here is uh, 984 million. So. Well, it's 2.1 billion is the, is the takeout oh, price. Right, 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 right. Okay. I, I was just saying it was so a, it's a $2 billion you know, gamble for, for Google. It's a drop in the bucket and they're way behind. So now they can start attacking. Not only that, you're right. Spinner's right. Garmin, you know, this is, there's big money in the wearables and Apple and they're, so they're going to be going at Garmin. They're going to be going on Apple. This is big competition for, especially even think about, you know, Garmin or, you know, and obviously Garmin has other things as well, but. I mean, Garmin's way more, you know. Does Garmin have other, do they have other things? I don't know what they have. This is a big attack. I'd be scared, actually. Garmin is, you know, because you've got another competitor here, too. Google and Apple, I don't like to compete with them. Garmin's right up at the highs here. I wouldn't want to own Garmin on this. So sure. we're trying to think of, you know, where the trades are going to happen, where money might be nervous. If I was in Garmin right now, I'd probably hit the sell button just because you've got potentially Google now behind Fitbit. That could be an attack on Garmin, too. All right, Tom. We're going out here. Competition's uh, coming for Garmin and Apple. All right. You heard it here first. I'm Benzinga's pre-market prep. Go Google. S&P's trading at the highs of the pre-market session, 3.049, up 13 and a quarter. Folks, uh, yesterday's high um, on the Globex session was 30.52, only three points away. There's a nice target. And uh, when Apple came out with those good numbers uh, on Wednesday, they took 30.55 in the spoos. So there's, uh, there's a couple areas to look at. Also, I just want to alert to our listening audience that uh, we got a special announcement coming on next week. Uh, we'll announce it on Monday, something that will be starting on Tuesday. So, uh, Stay tuned. We'll see you guys on Monday morning. Spencer, wrap things All right. Well, it's November 1st, which means we are in the same month as the Benzinga Global Fintech Awards. I'll drop the link again 
in the chat to get 20% off, or you can go to the website fintechawards.com, enter the promo code PMPVIP, that'll get you 20% off ticket through to the Fintech Awards, the, the whole awards part, and plus uh, Joel and Dennis doing their little uh, education stuff on the side. So I'll do that as I leave, uh, leave us with a chart of Google here. Everyone, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you to our guests, uh, Michelle Krebs and Robin uh, Steckel and Yvonne Shore and Brent Slava. Please remember all the information from our show. Meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Good luck out there. We'll be back with you on Monday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.